Welcome back to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. I almost forgot to do a different type of intro again. Oh. I almost said my name by force of habit, but I was able not to. Good shit. So what is your name? <laughs> oh, it's Alex. I'm Alex. The other one is Taisei. That's right. Welcome, if this is your first time. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're here. If you're not familiar with how we tend to do things around here during the regular season, well, here's a little refresher. Normally what we do, every week, we pick a new team in advance of the week and watch their games, pay particular attention to them, and then talk about them for, I would say, about 20 to 30 minutes off the top of the episode, and then get into other kinds of news and notes from around the league and such and around the hockey world. And this week, we picked the Carolina Hurricanes because we said we've watched too many shitty teams lately. <laughs> we watched the Capitals. We watched the Blue Jackets. We need to get a, a, a contender, you know, to get some, some good hockey in our eyes. Lo and behold, the Carolina Hurricanes lose three games in a row. They were cracking under, under the pressure of us watching them. That's right. Um, it's a classic choke job. Couldn't handle our eyes. Uh, couldn't handle being covered by, by, the, by the mainstream media. That is us. <laughs> um, yeah, they look terrible. Uh, all throughout the week, it just looks like uh, they're a bit broken. And they're going through a little rough stretch. It wasn't this just this week. I think they've lost like four in a row. They've lost, you know, they've lost a whole bunch over the last little stretch. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 get into why that might be the case. Uh, but you want to start with a a quick overview of what happened in the three games? Yeah. So I mean, we can start by mentioning uh, there were there are significant injuries to the Hurricanes roster right now. One of them is Frederick Anderson. Uh, so therefore, Pyotr Kochetkov played all three games in his absence, but he was quite good. He was yeah. definitely not the problem. Um, of course, Max Pacioretty is injured as well as Andre Kasha. But neither one of them were even on the team last year. They have a combined total of one game played for the Carolina Hurricanes so far. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that. The other one's Tavo Teravainen, which I would say, all right, sure, you get a pass on that one. But for a team that won the division last year, to say, oh, no, we're down Tavo Teravainen, and therefore we look uh, quite disconnected, out of sync, discombobulated, and bad for stretches, uh, it leads you to, to wonder... What else is going on here? What what else is the problem? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was just it seemed like especially with the forwards, it was up and down. Um, it seemed to be a depth issue where it it doesn't it it shouldn't be that you know the lineup is dependent on uh one player who who's a regular. Uh, where yeah, because because those injuries happen, you can't expect to be uh healthy. And then so so to see a kind of a collapse. Uh, I don't know, maybe collapse is a bit too dramatic. Um, but at least a stretch of poor play like this. Uh, it does raise some red flags. Um, so yeah, well, let's just get started on the game. The first game was against the Wild. Uh, yeah, they started off well. I felt like this game, they were, they kind of tailed off, uh, as the game went on and, and the offense kind of dried up. They, they started the scoring, Aho, uh, a two-on-one with, uh, Martin Nakash. Um, yeah, it was a nice two-on-one goal, but it really, it's really these two players, uh, that have, that really drove the bus all week on offense. Uh, and yeah, this kind of play kind of set the tone for that, for, in that sense, for the week. Um, you know, Aho hit a post right after. Um and yeah, that that first period was looking real good, uh, against a wild team that that's been, uh, pretty bad and had fucking Philip Gustafson in that. Yeah, yeah, it 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 looked like it was gonna go the the Hurricanes way. 
Um, but uh, no, it, they let the Wild climb back in. Uh, for some reason, they let Sam Steele victimize them a lot during the game. He was really good. Yeah. Um, like he had a post on a wraparound, uh, and he just he was just playmaking. I was like, what? I didn't realize Sam Steele was playing on the first line, let alone doing that well with the Wild. Um, but uh, yeah, he was. But yeah, they, but it, they ended up having the lead, right? One nothing. Um, that Aho goal was the only goal until like two and a half minutes left. Then they fucking uh, and they Sam Steele, the man himself, scores. Um, nice pass from Jared Spurgeon. Um, from below the goal line, but uh, yeah, it it was it was just uh, they 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 managed to suppress the wild pretty well in terms of offense, but it's just they couldn't get that 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 scoring to get that lead, um, and so they let them tie it, and then uh, yeah, Goligoski scored in overtime from Sam Steele, in overtime, and that that, that was the game. In Goligoski's thousandth game, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, neat. Look at him go. Good for him. Um, yeah, on like Aho and Nichas, Nichas, Nikash. Anyway, um. He's at least, he's been the biggest bright spot for them, and for like in the season as as a whole, he's really in the midst of a, a breakout season, um, which you know, in a way, it was kind of like uh, it was like it was I feel like this was kind of a divisive prospect. I remember for some reason in for some reason in particular, he was playing for the Czechs at the World Juniors. It probably would have been like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, something like that. He was having a great tournament, and there were like some people. Going like this is gonna be like the next Pasternak. He's gonna be, you know, a superstar. And then there were other factions going like, I don't see it. It's not happening. <laughs> and I don't. And I, and I never really understood. I was, I was, I was like, yeah. I mean, he's good, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, he really seems to have taken the, the the next step this year, into the kind of you know into being one of the most important players alongside Aho uh, for the offense of this team. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, without him, right, especially with his Terra Vinan injury, who other than, like, who other than Alho is contributing on offense? You know, like, Seth Jarvis didn't look particularly good this week. Uh, we talked about, before we started recording, like, Kakanyemi was invisible. Uh, and, yeah, it's just it's just the depth in the in the forward core isn't isn't showing up. You have uh, Stefan... Stefan Nason. Nason. Is that, I, I've never figured out how to fucking Nason. pronounce his last name. Um, but, uh... He looked uh, out of sorts on that first line, um, and it just it, it kind of highlights, you know, that it seems that there's a bit of a depth issue at forward, um, or at least these players need to pick it up. Which is odd, because, like, you would have thought Carolina, like, forward depth is one of their strengths. Um, but I think it's just a large slew of players not playing up to what you would have hoped for, including Jarvis, Kotkaniemi, Jesper Fast, Jordan Martinuk, Paul Stasny, uh, and... And a couple injuries. When you have a lot of players like that, not quite pulling their weight by a little bit, it ends up into a lot. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's move to the next game. Okay. Oh, yeah, Hurricanes Jets. They didn't even play fucking Connor Hellebuck this game. It was uh, this one was fun. It was David Riddick, <laughs> and uh, it was fun. Um, they well. Wasn't fun for the Hurricanes for the first last for the first like fifty five minutes yeah. of the game. Um, they couldn't get anything going. Uh, there was a, you know there was a so Pierre Dua opened the scoring on a breakaway. Uh, the the Canes turned it over and he just kind of breezed by Brady Shea, mm-hmm. uh, make it one nothing. Um, and yeah, there was just a whole bunch of of grade A scoring chances that the, the Hurricanes gave up. Uh, throughout this where. Yeah, like the it just felt uncharacteristic for a defense that that has so much talent on it. 
um fucking Michael Michael Asimov. Uh, Did you say Asimov? Is it Asimov? No, it's what AC it? Mon. Oh fuck! He's not Russian. <laughs> it's AC Mon. Do you know how E Y S S I M O N T? Huh? Where'd you get the of from? I don't know. I don't know. Just Michael I... and Isimov. <laughs> I completely misheard his name on the front. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's yeah. played like I think it was a King's draft pick in like 2014 or something, okay. and now has like eight NHL games under his belt, all with the Jets. Yeah, I was yeah when he scored, I was like, huh, I never heard of this fucking guy. I guess that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a bad Sveshnikov turnover yes. in the offensive zone. Uh, that kind of led to that goal. Uh, where yeah, he was the last man back because both defensemen kind of pressed up off the cycle. Uh, and then he just he got overwhelmed. Um, yeah, Kyle Connor, he had a good game, whole bunch of whole bunch of uh, chances that uh, the Hurricanes couldn't seem to contain. And then uh, Josh Morrissey scored to make it three nothing off the rush on a three on two. Uh, he had another one, so that's that's three rush goals for the Jets that you know the Hurricanes they couldn't yeah. get back. Um, I think they were maybe just a bit too aggressive in the offensive zone. Um, and yeah, then so it looked like they were they were heading for a regulation loss, and then they pulled the goalie with five minutes left, and lo and behold, uh, Jacob Slavin scored from the point, make it three one from the point. Remember that. Yeah, and then uh, three they made it three to two, uh, when Sveshnikov tipped a a Brent Burns slap shot from the point from the point, <laughs> and then Martin Nakash Nakash scored with thirty eight seconds left from the point. Uh, to tie it These up three with- goals are so similar. <laughs> it was it was it was, it was yeah. crazy and very concerning if you're the Jets. How it was kind of you know unassuming point shots, and not even from the middle of the ice either. Yeah. Like two of them were from the like the left point, and the other one was from the right point. And they either went in clean, or the Jets weren't able to you know stop a, a deflection from happening. But they were you know they shouldn't have been clean looks, and they shouldn't have been able to get. To score from there so easily, let alone three times. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, no, they, but uh, they, they really kind of swept that point, honestly. The, the Hurricanes, they did not deserve it up to another point. But, uh, yeah, they lost in overtime because Josh Morrissey got another fucking breakaway attempt for Josh Morrissey. Um, he just took off uh, once the, like, he, he took off, off down the ice when the Jets got the puck. That was an impressive and, play. And really the far. Hurricanes were kind of caught napping, huh? Yeah, I mean, Josh Moore, he saw behind the net, it was like uh, Lowry or Dubois, yeah. or both of them. They recovered the puck, and immediately Josh Moore was like, Josh Morris, he was like, I'm going on a breakaway now. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you know, skated by everyone, and was like, you better pass me the puck. And they did, and he shot, and he scored. Uh, I think, you know, we're not talk- focusing on the Jets right now, but I've, I've, the sense I get is that Morrissey is really stirring the drink for them oh, yeah. this year. He's like a point per game. He is at least a point per game, I yeah. think. Um, when who saw that coming, I think he would be the front runner, runner to be the captain now if they were going to name one. Yeah. I don't think they plan on it, but I mean, there's no one else who I think would fit the bill at all, uh, for, for that team. And he's playing like it at the very least. Uh, and another thing I noticed with the Jets that I wanted to mention, we talked about in our, like our season preview and stuff, like, oh, their forward depth is bad. Ehlers is out long-term now as well. It's insane how many players we would have thought of as like fringe forwards were in the lineup for this game. Yeah. <laughs> Saku Manalanen, <laughs> Jansen Harkins, who was on waivers earlier this year, yeah. David Gustafson, Michael A. Simon, 
uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi and Sam Gagne were all playing for the Jets. That is half your forwards. It's not sustainable. This, where, where are they right now in the standings? This, uh, They're, I think, like, tied spot. for second in the division with Colorado. Last I checked. Well, this band of, of merry men. With Hellebuck, Morrissey, and That's, a couple good forwards. And Kyle Connor's been fantastic. He's carrying that offense. Him and Morrissey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a bit baffling, this team. Um, but you know what? I think they're, they're goaling the shit out of the team. Yes. Uh, and then they have like two players who can score goals, which apparently isn't enough. Um, yeah. So the thing on this game, though, mm-hmm. you're talking about a Stefan Nason looking a little out of place on the top line. Because yeah. you, you, you think Stefan Nason, oh, he's on the first line. For balance or something, right? You put him with Aho and Nate Chass. Those are your best forwards. So you put someone who's a scrub there, you know, keep the balance in the lineup. Um, but he was also on the ice in the last minute of the game uh, when they scored that tying goal. Oh, and a reason I noticed that in particular, I mean, I guess it worked, so but whatever. I noticed it in particular because after the puck went in, he was kind of net front, and he started, like, jumping around like a little schoolboy. I don't know if you... <laughs> But for some reason, I know it's especially exciting to come back around three nothing late. Yeah. Um. But for some reason, uh, the way he celebrated was less of a an oh shit we did it and more of a oh shit you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, if you picked up on this as well. But who was that like jumping in a somewhat <laughs> awkward way? Oh, it was <laughs> Stefan Nason. Uh, a real real passenger on the bus, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him though. Yeah, I, I guess so. He's carving out a role. I have a trivia for you on Stefan Nason. Please. Who drafted him? Ooh. I don't remember. The, I remember seeing it because I was like, who the fuck is this guy doing on the first line? Like, I'll give you a hint. The Kings? No, it's not the Kings. He was a first round pick in 2011. Huh. No idea. Ottawa. Huh. Ottawa drafted him. He never played for Ottawa. He has played in the NHL for six other teams, though, including Carolina. Can you name any of them? No, I can't. None of them. None of them. I, I'm Come telling on. you, I. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Where Where would he? The name, you know, the name is familiar, but I don't. I can't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Devils. Has he played with the Devils? He played his. Yeah. The one like full season he played was with the right. Devils. He played like seventy games or something. Okay. Uh, the Capitals. No. Okay. Um. Oh, this is this is boring. You're not gonna get this. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he played for the, for the Ducks. Blues? Okay. Because he went from Ottawa to Anaheim in the Bobby Ryan trade. Hmm. Um. He played for the Devils, mostly for the Devils. He played six games for the Penguins. He played for the Sharks. He was traded to Toronto during the '56 game season wow. amidst the three-way Nick Foligno trade. Right. Played one game for them. <laughs> And then went off to the Hurricanes, where he played two games last year and 19 so far this year. Wow. How many is that in total? He has played. Guess how many career NHL games he has. Mm, 126. 226. <laughs> you were 100 off. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, 200 is the common benchmark for, like, successful draft picks. So, so way to go, Stephon Good shit. Yeah. You could have had Ricard Raquel or something. Or uh, who else was around there in that draft? I mean, John Gibson, Vladislav Nemesnikov, 
But you took Stefan Ace instead. You're up to get Bobby Ryan, who was on your team for a while. That's a W, I would say. That's a bit of a stretch to call it a yeah, W. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, at least you didn't draft Tyler Biggs or Stuart Percy or something. Yep. Uh, okay. After the uh, Coyotes game, third game of the week, guys, uh, was just depressing. <laughs> that's, that's the perfect word for it. <laughs> um, my, my God. Uh, yeah, just uh, just a real fucking game. Couldn't get couldn't get anything fucking going, and you got goalied by Carol Melka too. Um, they did so, get goalied. Yeah, they did. In but at the same time, you did give up four goals or three goals and an empty netter. Um. So let's see. It was one minute in. It was already a bad vibe, you know. <laughs> Fucking Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, <laughs> a snipe of the rush. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the power play because they didn't score on a five on three that they had. But overall, their power play has been terrible. Um, it has been bad. They they're they're over the last twenty. They didn't score all week. Um, I don't think they scored in six games now on their power play. Um, and it just looks flat. It looks flat. They they aren't really able to move the puck. Uh, they relied. Too much on the point shot that got them the three goals. Yeah, uh, I was I was gonna mention this as well. Yeah, um, because they have Brent Burns on the power play. Exactly. Brent Burns, I think, has looked pretty good this week. He did. He did look very good in the earlier. No one really looked good in this game, uh, but in the earlier games, he was generating a lot of scoring chances, like you expect him to do that type of thing. Um, but I guess, but I think on the power play, his style of shooting <laughs> all the time is maybe not optimal. Even though he does have a great shot, very heavy shot that is, you know, can cause a lot of scrambles in front. I think with the other types of players they have, you know, Aho, Speshnikov, Nechas, you want a power point that moves the puck more than that and that exercises all their weapons more than a power play uh, that will focus on, you know, scrambling, crashing. Who is the team we were talking about with the power play that was really clicking because there was a lot of scrambling a few weeks ago? Oh, who was that? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who it was now. Yeah. What? What? Oh, it's annoying. <laughs> was it Calgary? I think yeah, it was Calgary. Was it? You're talking about Calgary and how uh, their guys like uh, Lindholm, Kadri, are like scrappier guys. So it makes sense for their power play to press. And at the time, it was doing very well. Um, okay. Carolina, though, as with most contending teams, uh, that's not especially the case. So I think this is a kind of friction. That may have to be resolved for the power play to improve. Yeah, hundred percent. And they don't even execute. The problem is like the the, the mismatch with the personnel. Um, they don't execute the point shot strategy well either. Uh, where they don't. There's a lot of like point, but like the goalie has clear line of sight to the puck, uh, and they don't generate traffic because they're not really traffic generating players. You talk about you know like mm-hmm. Aho Natchez and uh, well, especially Cobb. Um, where yeah, the goalie just like has a clean look at it, makes the save, and and you move on, right? Um, where yeah, you. You you can play the 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 point shot. It, it is it is pretty static, and I don't think it's in this day and age it's the most successful strategy. But you could try to execute it, but even then they're not doing it particularly well. Uh, so yeah, I think they they need to because it's quite broken. Um, and yeah, just just visually, it's not it's something they need to, need to change up philosophically because I don't think it's something that'll sort itself out. Um, yeah, magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of this Coyotes game was Karel Vemelka pitching the shutout. Yep. Rocking a 918 on the year. Uh, <laughs> Coach Chedkov also at one point made like a ridiculous stick save though on, on <laughs> yeah, Travis Boyd. Yep. Um, dove across the crease. Um, anyway, it was Lawson Kraus punching a rebound, make it 2 nothing on the power play. Bugstad hacks away at one uh, later on in the slot, 3 nothing. Then uh, Stefan Nason fights Troy Stetcher. A couple scrappy little guys. 
and Kraus gets the empty netter, four nothing. Uh, and then I think it was uh the next day, so yesterday, I saw people talking about uh Kakanyemi has been demoted to the fourth line, and my first reaction to this was, oh, yeah, I guess he wasn't on the fourth line, <laughs> was he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, interestingly, the first two games of this week, we were talking about the forward depth. Jack Drury, Derek Stepan, and Paul Stasny all played under 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, Kakanyemi probably should have, because he has been terrible for them. Um, he was pointless in the last nine games. He only has, like, one goal on the year. He actually he scored a second this afternoon, though. We'll give him that against the Bruins. Um, so maybe that demotion was a wake-up call. Um, but I think we see now it's been... Four years since he was drafted, and a lot of, you know, we were pretty up close and personal with him while he was with Montreal. There was there were a couple flashes here and there. There was like, wait, you know, wait it out. He's gonna start putting it together soon. He's smart, and it feels like at best he's he's been stagnant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if that, I feel like you know, there's there's been a negative regression because he's he's so invisible. He doesn't he doesn't create anything. Uh, and he Which might was the well, case in Montreal a lot of the time as well. That's true. Yeah, he might as well have not played more than 10 minutes. I wouldn't have fucking noticed. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> had the same impression because he didn't do, he didn't do anything. He's not he's not generating anything in terms of offense. Uh, and yeah, you just it that's that's a shame. Um, but that contract, that bet, that long term bet that the, the Hurricanes made doesn't look great. It may look like a an albatross, which is something we're not used to saying about 22 year old players who were recently third overall pick. Yeah, but I mean, if he doesn't improve or barely improves, I, that will fall into that category. Oh, hundred percent. If he's not playing up to that money, uh, or even close to it. Yeah, all that, all that potential isn't worth shit. Um, but yeah, it 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 does look like he's hit a brick wall. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, how, what do you what do you do moving forward with this guy? I just I feel like I'd have to to have an answer. I would have to have watched him much more. And also to be a little bit more, I might have to work for the Hurricanes to to be able to tell yeah. you how do we fix this player? How do we develop him properly? Right. I think he was rushed to the NHL undoubtedly. Hundred percent. And I wonder if if he had you know gone back to Finland for a year or two, if he it would be better than he is now. I think there's probably no reason to assume otherwise. But I also wonder if even though there was a bit of a stunted development here, if that if that can kind of be salvaged or be reclaimed because when a player, you know, he's still a very young player. You don't want to, to write him off forever. Right. But I also wonder if he was never even that good to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they just fucking reached. Yeah. (laughs) Because we talked about this. Well, not on the podcast because we didn't have in 2018, but he was a late riser in the draft and he was, had a great U18 and it was, oh, he's going to go in the top five. Well, Montreal loves him. They're going to take him third, and that's what happened. And a lot of people were saying, is this small sample size? And I think over the course of the last four years, we have seen probably there was you know an overvaluing of that time there. And maybe mid-first round would have been a more appropriate time to take him. Yeah, maybe we just need to adjust the expectations on this guy. Um, and with that in mind, yeah, just... Yeah, the, the third overall pick, the whole pedigree, just throw it out. And just try to work with what you got now. Now you've just got an overpaid center <laughs> on your fourth line. <laughs> yeah, who's only 22, though. So, you know, yeah. in, in that sense, you know, try to try to relieve all that pressure that maybe he puts on himself and just try to make the best of it at this point. What a weird career trajectory so far. 
Yeah. Isn't it? He's on, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, prospect as a late riser, third overall pick only because there were no other good centers in the draft. <laughs> uh, makes the uh, NHL right away. Becomes the first professional player in North America born in the 2000s. That would be a fun trivia question when no one will ever heard of him after he's retired. Um, and, uh, and never gets better and becomes like the first player in how many years to have be part of a successful offer sheet, which was also a tremendous overpay. Yeah. Just fascinating. He's, he has secured a lot of money. Unique guy. Yeah. yeah. He lucked into this, didn't he? Into that cash. Yeah. If Montreal didn't offer sheet Sebastian Ajo, Kotkaniemi would probably still be on the Habs, probably making around like a $2 million AAV and trying to secure more money on his next deal. Yeah. And even, even if he was in a better center class, you know what I mean? Like if he was born in a year with a better center class, he wouldn't have gone nearly as high as he did him in like Barrett Hayton. And he probably wouldn't have even had as high of a pedigree as he did and gotten the offer sheet that he did. Absolutely. So, a whole set of circumstances. Wow. The stars really aligned for him, didn't they? Yeah. Jesus. Ah, so, that's Kakaniyami. Um, Speaking of other Hurricanes players, I start with Kot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, did you start with Ko? K-O-T. No. What? You're talking about Kochikov? Yeah. It's not start with K-O-T. Oh, it's C? It's just C-H, yeah. Fuck. Just, just rough with the names today. <laughs> not good. Mikey, um, I see my mom. Yeah. <laughs> He got a contract though, Kachakov. Four years, two million dollars. AAV. Um, and that's uh, that's that's gonna be, and then this this leaves the door open for an interesting goalie situation because uh, let's see, Ranta and Anderson are both UFA's at the end of the season. Um, so it's clear that they they're committed to to Kachakov. So it'll be interesting to see what they do behind him, uh, and and how do they want to head there for their goaltender. I think Kachakov should fire his agent. The agent is dumb as shit for accepting this deal. Bad. Kochikov <laughs> should have done uh, is taking a one-year deal because it's so clear, especially because Anderson got injured. Carolina didn't play anti-Ranta all week, even though he was the backup. They said, yeah. We're seeing how Kochikov does as a starter because the, the plan is very clearly uh, Anderson and Ranta are both UFAs at the end of the year. Kochikov will be the starting goalie next year, which means Carolina's planning on having their being a Stanley Cup contender with this starting goalie for the next four years at two million dollars, and I think there's a good chance Kochikov will be a good one. Yeah. Had a good week at least. He's been very good in the AHL in his time there. Nothing but good signs. I don't understand why Kochikov needed this four-year security so bad that he agreed to play on a ridiculous bargain for all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think the one benefit is I think this one this deal with this length walks him to unrestricted free agency at the end of it that's probably the the one benefit of signing for this this amount of time it buys no ufa years but yeah two million dollars is really low uh for an extended period of time well it's the thing like in a way it's high for a goalie who's barely played in the nhl but for what they're clearly going to expect him to do moving forward that's what it's low for so i i was just surprised it was this is anything more than a one or two year contract i guess at the end of the day yeah well i think I I don't even I don't even I can't even call this a bet on himself. It's just like, what is he? What's the plan here? I guess he just really wants to reach. The plan is to get eight million dollars. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a bad deal. Um, yeah, it, just just when he aced his, it, he played really well, right? Like this week, even though they lost, he was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. He was good. And so you know you have that audition, 
in the starting role. He played three straight games, right? They didn't even play Ranta once. And and then you go and sign this deal where, yeah, it's... Yeah, you're right. The agent needs to take a hard look at himself. Like SMH. What is what is, what is going on here? Um, But uh, good for the Hurricanes, I guess. I think... They got their Nadeljkovic replacement. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Your goalie of the future, yeah. Yeah, no fucking way. Um, but I guess this means Anderson's probably not coming back. Um, I think it leaves the door open though, because he's so cheap that you could yeah. bring him back and and then have that tandem kind of work it. Yeah, I don't think the door is totally closed. I think they are ready to make Kochikov the starter if it comes to that. And they're not opposed to it. And they're definitely not going to overpay to bring in a different starter. Yeah, I think it gives them leverage for sure in negotiations with other goalies. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, nice nice piece of work. I think even if he doesn't pan out, $2 million isn't so bad. It's not, it's not a Merzlikin situation. Yeah, it is not a Merzlikin situation. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's the Hurricanes. Um, final verdict. Uh, we, there were you know some defensive lapses. Yeah. There was a bad power play. Um, but and yet, this is probably among the favorites to come out of the East, among the top tier. Would you say, or has your perspective changed after watching this lousy week? I think they're definitively the second best team in the Metro. Um, I think they're worse than the Devils. And Feels good. Feels even, good. <laughs> and well, I don't know about favorite. You mean like favorites that come out of the East to make it to the Cup final? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. You know, like I, I mean, would this. you really? Who do you think the Devils are more likely to make the Stanley Cup final than the Hurricanes? Yes, with the fact that the Hurricanes have baggage too. You know, where they can't make it out of the playoffs year in year out. Neither have the Devils haven't been there in well, years. The, well, they, they, the Devils don't have the baggage of losing in the fucking playoffs. Every like, team like loses the in the playoffs before. They, I know the, they Hur- do. the Avalanche couldn't make it past round two for years. Same with the Capitals until they won the Cup. Yeah, Same. that's true. But the Hurricanes look, you know, like they don't they don't inspire confidence anymore. Uh, and I think after last year, I said I wouldn't pick them any, ever again in the playoffs. And I'm going to stand by them uh, until they fucking show me something. And I think, yeah, just play style-wise, I trust, I trust the Devils more um, with, with the talent and how that, that New Jersey depth has kind of, kind of come together. And then you compare it with the teams of the Atlantic. You know, like I trust the Bruins more, obviously, given how they've looked. Um, the other teams... Lightning, Leafs? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd pick the Lightning. Would I pick the Leafs? If their defense gets healthy, I would. So what do you say the Hurricanes are the fifth best team in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I would say that. And I don't think that puts them among the favorites. I guess. Out of the East. I, suppose, I suppose not. Yeah, they're a decent playoff team. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wouldn't say they're one of the favorites. I think certainly watching them this week has uh, taken down a few notches. I thought they were better than, than what they were doing. Yeah, I wonder if um, we, we were talking about, you know, how their forwards you know, their best forwards in particular. You know, flashy type of offensive players, not a lot of net crashing, havoc causing types. Um, are you, would you be so old school so as to proclaim that this would become a problem in the playoffs? No. I, I wouldn't say so. Uh I think that kind of that you don't need the net crashing all kind of banging away to win. I just think they need to figure out what they have and fucking get their players to play better. At the end of the day. Yeah, um, I do feel yeah. like there is still kind of a beast in waiting with the personnel of the Hurricanes. Yeah, no, they're definitely not playing up to their, their, their ceiling at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of underperforming players, and it's just a matter of 
can they adjust their play to, to get them to play better? It's your challenge, Rod Brindamore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, that's the Hurricanes. That's Coach Cobb's new contract. Um, we should also mention now, I think, uh, Borja Salming passed away this week. Uh, obviously, it was like only about a week or two ago that he was in Toronto in front of the fans. There was a big ovation for him. Uh, and then he, of course, passed away this week. And I've been learning more about him, actually, because people have been talking about him more. I hadn't realized that he was really like the first Swedish player in the NHL. Yeah. And, you know, Don Cherry and everyone fucking hated him, of course, because of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, uh, like, from, I mean, from what I hear and from what I see, uh, of course, the, I, the idea that Europeans are soft was everywhere. And so everyone, the players in particular, gave him an especially hard time, um, you know, on the ice physically more so than they did to other players. And, you know, he was as, as tough as them. He was the, the trailblazer, the first one. An icon of the sport, Nicholas Lidstrom's favorite, um, a legend. Yeah, an absolute superstar of his time. I think definitely, especially given that that trailblazing role, certainly underappreciated, uh, by the general community. But I think, yeah, in Sweden you can see his effect. I know you, there was like a video, uh, of like uh, one of the one of them Swedish Swedish SHL games, and they were chanting his name, uh, in the audience. And you you know th- th- that you can see the cultural impact that he's had, mm-hmm. uh, in the hockey world. Because, yeah, it, it is such a big step uh, for him to have come over, uh, you know, across the ocean and, and towards that path and, and gone through so much, uh, given the culture that was there uh, in, in the NHL back then. So, yeah, certainly uh, a big loss, but I'm, 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 I'm glad we got to appreciate him more. And I'm glad they got the ceremony done mm-hmm. uh, shortly before he died. So, yeah. One thing I've been wanting to do for a while is to go back and watch old clips of hockey in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, partly because it would be fun, but also to to get a sense of like players like Borja Salming or you know other stars of the even the nineties, eighties, seventies, sixties, and just to watch a bit of that, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. Or at least just even if it's just to watch the high scoring hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking, of, did you see Grant Fuhr got into like a Twitter fight with someone named Koska Daddy? <laughs> no. I did. Uh, Costco, he did say some pretty like unhinged things oh, okay. about like Carey Price or whatever. Um, and then Grant Fuhr uh, said something, replying. I don't even know how Grant Fuhr saw it to begin with. I don't really remember the details. But basically, the Costco daddy was like, "What do you know? You were a shitty goalie with like a shitty save percentage." <laughs> and Grant Fuhr was like, "Look at my cup rings and my my oh, Vesna or whatever, my Hall of Fame." Can't get lost in the fray like that, Grant. Yeah. I mean, the other guy was, was so stupid. <laughs> but Grant, if you're like, there's no need to take the bait like that. I get the temptation for sure. But you just, you can't, you can't stoop to their level. Yeah. Like there's, that. it's not a good look when you actually are, you know, a, a legend of ice hockey to be like, I'm a legend of ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. At a certain point, you got to let it go yeah. and let your play do the talking. And you're not even playing anymore, yeah. so you don't have to do shit. Just fucking ignore them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So Grant for is this this is did this just happened last week? This was like today or yesterday. Oh, okay, got fucking baited. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Happens to the best of us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, the New Jersey Devils. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, the streak has come to an end. 
My Tyson God. was wrong. I was wrong. I was robbed. Yeah, I love how confident you were. You're like, yeah, they'll break the record. Look at the 20 wins. Look at the 22 wins. <laughs> I still stand by. You know what? I'm going to keep track. I'm going to count this as a win. <laughs> if they win the next five games, I'm going to call it a dub. Uh, it was a rough way to lose a game. It was a, a very painful way to, for a winning streak to end. Oh, no. Uh, against the Leafs, 2-1 loss with three goals called back. Um, I, I watched them all. I don't really remember the details of them very closely. What I do remember, though, the most borderline case was the second goal that mm-hmm. was called back. Right. And the most clear-cut that shouldn't count was the last one. Right, the kick. And so I yeah. think if it had happened in like a different order, <laughs> it would have been a riot. No, no. What I'm saying, I think yeah. if the last one was the most borderline case, okay, it would have counted. That's a. Tip. What do you think right. about this this theory that the rest were like, oh, we already took two from them. This one's kind of close. Yeah, but the bo- do you think that subjective factor comes into play at all? It must. Maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. how often do you see? You know, three goals getting taken away. Um, Almost never. Review. So I think, yeah, maybe they think themselves, oh, we don't want the fans to throw anything at us, you know, <laughs> and shit like that. Uh, I think it's possible. Hard, hard to get in their heads. Um, but, you know, refs are stupid like that, so they might fall for that bit. And, uh, yeah, and, and speaking of, th- you know, the audience throwing shit, that the actually audience. happened. Uh, the fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, they started throwing shit on the ice, and the Leafs had to leave the ice, and the whole... It was a whole they're going home situation. Yeah. Was, uh, Do you know that uh, reference? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you would. You know how like the the Red Army in like the seventies would sometimes play NHL teams. Yeah. They had the famous New Year's Eve game against Montreal. They tied three three. They they played a game against the Flyers as well, and the Flyers, you know, Broadtree bullies at the time. Yeah. Basically, Bobby Clark, you know, the, whoever their coach was, was like, just be violent with them. <laughs> And so they threw dirty hit after dirty hit after yeah. dirty hit. And I think it was still in the first period. Uh, the Red Army was like, we're not doing this. And they just leave the bench, sure. go back to their locker room. And whoever was the announcer was like, they're going home. <laughs> they're going home. <laughs> they're packing their things and they're going home. It's a very famous call. And I haven't watched it in a while. But like when the Leafs were walking back to the locker room in the middle of the third period the other day, I was thinking of that. Like, they're going home. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. That's a great call. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, that was pretty unhinged. That was pretty unhinged of the Devils to do that. Uh, I gotta say. Or the Devils fans mm-hmm. to do that. Just... Okay. Okay. Well, you're you're going to get on your moral high horse like the rest of the hockey world and be like, I frown upon your tossings. You mustn't know better than that, you childish buffoons. You barbarians. I, I won't, I'm not going to read that. I think, I think it's just unhinged. You know what I mean? I think we can evaluate. I don't have to. I'm not passing judgment upon them. I just think that was uh, kind of insane. Yeah. Okay. I, I respect it. I, I heard... Pretty unhinged. I heard on Steve Dangle podcast. Yeah. The first thing that was thrown was apparently a hat. Okay. As in like hat trick, oh, three goals taken away. That's a good bit. Which was would have been you know clever and funny. Yeah. And apparently everyone else was like, yeah, I'm angry. Let's throw, let's throw our food. Let's throw our sodas <laughs> or whatever. And you know, okay. <laughs> the funniest. I, d- I don't want to make a moral blanket statements like throwing things on the ice is always bad. Yeah. But. And I think when you only see the object thrown, it's hard to, for me at least, to attach 
Like, to me, that's just funny. But also, yeah. and a little bit gross that it's food that was probably made have been in your mouth. But when I actually stop and think about it, trying to imagine the person who did that, what an idiot you are. <laughs> the and hat guy? Not the hat. No, no. People who are, like, actually angrily throwing things. Like, imagine yeah. you're, like, at a game, and you see someone who's, like, so pissed at the hockey game of the National Hockey League that they are, like, throwing my hot dog or whatever. <laughs> who's moral grandstanding? I, no, no. And this isn't – I'm just – because, like, I like I work at, like, Concordia Athletics events, and particularly in soccer games, very often you'd – People from the crowd or parents, like, actually, unironically, be like, you're blind, ref, or whatever. Like, shit like that. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Get a life. Yeah, absolutely. You're, 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 uh, watching a bunch of grown men play hockey. It's, there's no point of throwing your fucking hot, your half-eaten hot dog out there. Yeah, I think, I, th- well, because... A lot of people talk about like throwing jerseys on the ice, and very often people will be like, "Oh, that's disrespectful." You're starting to but no, I I feel like most people have come around and be like, "Yeah, if the team sucks and you wanna waste whatever money you spend to show them you're upset, by all means, go ahead." The thing is, with like referees are a different thing, and you're not actually going to send a message by doing that, will you? Am I wrong about that? I think you're trying to send a message to the referees, but I don't think it... It wouldn't change the outcome of that game. Exactly. If it, okay. You don't want to throw food. Is there... Could you see some kind of trend starting where, like, throwing, like, I don't know, a rubber turkey on the ice, any non-gross object to be like, the refs suck. Could that happen <laughs> enough where the NHL's like, oh, shit, we have to do something about this? Yeah, it's to ban the rubber turkeys, not to make the refs better, I think. Uh, but it's... how... So then what actions could fans possibly take to say refereeing is bad and something's got to change about it. Throw some referee jerseys on the <laughs> I no longer support referees. That's, right. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you heard it here first. You hate a call. Throw your pinstripe jerseys. Not pinstripes. Yeah. That's the Your zebra stripes. I was going to say just throw a stuffed zebra on the ice and does the trick. We get the message. Yeah. Anything striped. Black and white. Lion with stripes. Tiger, whatever. I think you'd lose the plot at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, so so pretty pretty unhinged. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. From the devil. But uh, it's a shame they lost a losing streak. And yeah. I after You know, after they beat the Oilers in convincing fashion, I was convinced. I was like, this team is unbeatable. All, that's will. all it takes, you know, to be the Oilers, the fucking out of the playoff spot Oilers, for you to be like, they're never yeah, going down. Because they look great, and that was it. Was, they had such an easy schedule aside from this one game against Toronto. So, oh well, you live and you learn. Yep. Uh, the Devils, I think. Oh, who was it? I think Dom's chart has like the ninety-nine percent to make the playoffs or something. Yeah. Someone on some on the ESPN broadcast or something. I don't remember who. Was like, I don't think the Devils are making the playoffs. <laughs> like, less than a week ago. What the fuck? They're like, this, they're, this is not sustainable. I don't even know what the thought was, but. I'm going to make the playoffs. It was dumb as shit. The whoever fuck? it was. Oh, I guess God. whoever it is is lucky I'm not putting them on blast, but. Yeah, anyway. Oh uh, the Leafs, for their part, though, in that game, were 
actually being on the right side of an interesting story for once. Yeah. Um, or also, unfortunately, have lost Morgan Riley to an in- to a long-term injury. Uh, it's a bad sign. He went right on LTIR. I think he got injured Monday. The next day, he was on LTIR. TJ Brody's injured. Jake Musson's injured. Those are their best three defensemen. Mark Giordano's now carrying a pretty heavy load at the age of 38 alongside Justin Hall, Rasmus Sandin. Uh, Philip Kral is in the lineup pretty regularly, I think. Um, so And Lilligan's back too. So they needed someone to help out. They needed a, a former Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound. <laughs> they needed Connor Timmins uh, to acquire in exchange for uh, Curtis Douglas, whose claim to fame is being very tall. Yep, 6'9". <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your thought on the deal? Yeah, I think it's a win-win. I mean, like, for the for the Coyotes, it's clear, like, he was stuck uh, not playing behind a bit of a logjam there on the defense, and I think they wanted to waive him, but they were convinced that they weren't going to, like, he wasn't going to clear waivers, right? So, at the end of the day, to get even just a look at Curtis Douglas, I guess, is a, you know, it's something. I wouldn't say win. But uh, it beats losing it beats losing uh, Connor Timmins for nothing on waivers, uh, and yeah, they it's it's more than nothing, I guess. And and for the Maple Leafs, yeah, they had a hole. Well, they had many holes, uh, and so they can afford to take Connor Timmins uh, onto the roster. So yeah, really just a free look. Like who the fuck is Curtis Douglas anyway? It's almost certainly not gonna pan out to anything. Um, and they get a look at a guy who, yeah, like up until this point, you know, he promising prospect, but. Uh, the knock on him is his development's been stunted because he's been so injured so often. Yeah, he was so good in junior and at the World Juniors when he was there. He was incredible. I, went, I thought he was projected late first round. Avalanche got a steal in the second, or that's what it looks like at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, he missed like a full year of junior, I think, with a concussion. He missed a lot of time, I think, with a knee injury. A lot of bad luck. Um, the Avalanche, he was a key piece in their acquiring Darcy Kemper. So it turned out well for them in the end. Um, but I feel like with a player who's missed like almost two full seasons, um, I wonder if he'll ever rediscover that potential. He is 24 now. It is kind of to the point where you're like, you know, if he doesn't make it happen within the next year or so, uh, it'll be tough moving forward. I think the game was actually absolutely worth it for Toronto. Hey, they needed they needed a body. Um, and also, from the Coyotes' perspective, I think Connor Timmins is someone they should have played ahead of. Oh, I don't know, Dyson Mayo, Dyson Mayo. maybe even Troy Stetcher. I that's someone I think you should really try to get into the lineup because there was a lot of promise there. You want to get a lot of reps in for him. You want to get him on the ice all the time. See if he can find a new groove. See if he can be a piece for you. Uh, and there are a lot of players I would have rather waived or traded for Curtis Douglas on that defense instead of him personally. Um, and also, I think it's indicative of a great problem that we saw with Arizona at the draft, which is Connor Geeky, six foot four, we're taking eleventh overall. <laughs> Maverick Lamoureux is six foot seven, we're taking him twenty ninth overall. Uh Miko Matica is six foot four or something. Winger, we're taking him uh earlier than he should go. Uh they are stuck in two thousand eleven it seems in terms of overvaluing size. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Harrison was like, that's, that's our guy, Curtis Douglas. We want him. He's so big. He's so heavy. He's so tall. And he, who cares? He only has one assist this year for the Marlies. We're taking him. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is concerning. I think the return is fine. But 
yeah, to identify that they are targeting big people is, uh, yeah, it's not good for the development. And, and they did give up quite quickly. Well, maybe not quickly, but in terms of game games played wise, they did give up quite quickly on Connor Timmons mm-hmm. um, because he, what, he played like six games last year before getting that knee injury. Uh, and then I think he was injured for a stretch of this year too. So he just, he can't, can't stay healthy. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe he can figure it out with the Leafs. I think he, he'll get ample opportunity because uh, there's really nobody there. Yeah. It's funny, like, okay. I actually think he was also Rasmus Sandin's D partner and junior for an extended period of time with the Sioux. Everyone, of course, is pointing out, oh, he's always getting the Greyhounds, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, most of the time, the deals work out. Not always. Uh, <laughs> but another interesting pattern is that he seems to love to acquire injury-prone players, um, yeah. which, you know, is perhaps an inefficiency that can be exploited. Worked out quite well with Andre Kasha last year. He was healthy for most of the year and was quite good. Um, he tried out with Peter Morazic. said, I'm going to sign Peter Morazic, injury-prone goalie, but if he's healthy, maybe we good. He was neither healthy nor good. <laughs> and that didn't work. And they had to play Shalgren a lot. And they had to rely too heavily on Campbell. And now this summer, he goes, hmm, what goalies should I acquire? Matt Murray, famously not injury-prone at all, slash S. Now he does the same thing with Connor Timmins. Lots of injuries on the defense. I need another player. How about the one who's injured all the time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems to be quite the pattern. I think I think he thinks it is an inefficiency. Um, and honestly, like, raw talent-wise, he's probably on to something. Um, yeah. The issue is, you know, they're, injury, they're labeled as injury-prone often for a reason. Um, especially in, I feel like in other sports that that label comes and it's, you know, it maybe doesn't mean as much, um, where like injuries are more random, but I feel like in hockey, it seems like these, like there's, there's a handful of these guys that are injury prone and they like consistently prove you right in that sense. Yeah. Sometimes Um, it's like, you know, if you have a bad knee, you have a bad knee, that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's sort of stacks in that way. So, but yeah, I think it's either way, regardless of that. They first of all, they probably still need more. Well, I don't know what the timeline is on uh, on Riley, uh, but they still probably need an, another body on defense. Um, yeah, just to shore it up because it seems like Muzzin is maybe out for the season. I think. Yeah. They 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 haven't uh, they haven't confirmed it yet, but. Uh, I think this is a great chance for them to lean a ton on Liljegren and Sandine, put them to the test, yeah, see how they handle yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Even though Sandine's been not very good lately. Right. Give him some big minutes, see how he does. Because he, he missed camp. That's why. Because he missed camp, yeah. yeah. Wasn't a member of the team. Yeah, here, Jason Robertson missed camp, and he was having, like, the best season in the entire league, save, like, <laughs> McDavid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it holds up. But but they really are, you're right, they're best three defensemen out long-term like this. Um, not great. No, not at all. Uh, What else? There's another trade. It was another trade. Fucking Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves gets dealt <laughs> again. Acquired from a fifth round pick for a fifth round pick mm-hmm. from the Minnesota Wild for the Minnesota Wild. So yeah. New York Rangers, they were scratching him quite a bit. Uh to the point where he actually asked them about a week ago, I think, for a trade. So you can trade me somewhere I want to play. They said okay. And they were, you know, talking around and apparently they weren't far from putting him on waivers. But Minnesota said, Oh, we want to make sure we get Ryan Reeves, Minnesota, who was also famously up against the cap from all their Parise Suter dead cap, goes and acquires Ryan Reeves, who is good for nothing. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a little bit harsh because I've, we've seen 
Ryan Reeves get traded for too much many times in his career. He went from St. Louis to Pittsburgh for too much. He went from Pittsburgh to Vegas for too much. He went from Vegas to New York for too much. I feel like he never signs deals with a new team. He always re-ups with his old team yeah. and then gets traded for a draft pick. And now getting a fifth-round pick is too much. Um, I, I think what Minnesota's hoping for is they don't have a lot of depth around the fringes of their forwards at all. And he's a fringe player at best. I'll tell you that. Um, I think what they're hoping for is he's going to bring some intensity and some energy. He's going to get them all excited. Uh, and that may, at best, last for two weeks. That he'll pump them all up. And then it'll wear off. And he'll just be a liability who's best served in the press box. Oh, yeah. I think I think you probably lifted, like, you know, that, that was lifted straight from Garen's fucking press conference. Um, where... That's like the wide Oh yeah, we think he brings the energy, the grit. Um, it's so insulting to the rest of your team. Like you're not good enough or smart enough to be energized by yourselves. We brought another guy to do it for you. <sighs> and yeah. like, if you think it's kind of concerning to think that little of your team to be like, oh, I need to bring in a fourth liner to make you energized. <laughs> if you've built a team that can't be energized by itself, that's another problem. Yeah, bunch of bums. Yep. Good for nothing bums. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's terrible. He's not an NHL player. Um and he doesn't bring any talent to his wallet team. He's overpaid too. Not only do they give the draft capital, but they're like paying, you know, prorated one point seven five million dollars uh in cap space for a team that's already kind of cap strapped. Um it doesn't make sense to give <laughs> fucking draft assets, let alone like future considerations. It's kind of crazy. I listened to a very short Bill Guerin interview about this, and he says something along the lines of, like who knows? We may recoup that draft pick at some point down the line. As <laughs> from from this, I imagine this to mean we may acquire a fifth round pick again in the future. <laughs> Therefore, meaning who cares? We give up this one. <laughs> uh, I didn't even read it that way. Initially, I read it like maybe we'll flip him. Uh, to which I would, you know what I mean, like flip him later on the season. Oh, I I don't think he would have said which, that. To which, like, I thought that's, that's what he might have been implying. To which I would have said, you want to invest in fucking Ryan Reeves? That's what you want to play fucking draft capital stocks with? In fucking Ryan Reeves? Not a good choice. Not a good choice. And Or you can choose to read it your way, which honestly is dumber. Possible and dumber. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, just what? So brain dead, man. I could not believe when I saw this. That they actually gave a fifth round pick for fucking Ryan Reeves. Who's a healthy scratch? What what are we doing here? You know who else is not an NHL player? Ooh. Shane Wright. That's right. Talk about scratched. Yeah. Um, he was okay. People were buzzing about this because it arose again how stupid and terrible the CHL NHL agreement is about oh their junior age players can't uh, you know can't go play in the AHL because we need our junior product to stay good, and there was. Uh, there's, it's more complicated than I had thought it was, like the reasons it's in place um, and whatever behind-the-scenes stuff is going on. And, you know, you understand to be like, oh, Junior doesn't, you know, want their product to suffer, uh, which I understand, sure. But anyway, what you end up with is situations like this, where they don't want Shane Wright going back to Junior, which I think is ill-advised in the first place, because I think it'd be fine for him to go. It's not like he's... McDavid or anything that he's is going to be boring for him. Yeah. Um. But it's not that they don't want him to go to the OHL. I found that they don't want him to play for Kitchener because Kitchener's ass. Yes. 
<laughs> and so like Kitchener trade him and we'll so we can yeah. send him back to Junior. And Kitchener's saying, send him back to Junior so we can trade him, right? Because no one they will need to want to get maximum value for him. Uh and what ended up happening is he was barely playing and he was scratched for five games in a row, which is the threshold to agreed to go down to a conditioning stint in the AHL. And the conditioning stint lasts 10 days, I think, which is just barely enough time for Shane Wright to come back, play his eighth NHL game of the year against Montreal of all teams, and then go to World Junior Camp, and then go play for Canada at the World Juniors. So his, oh so his contract will just barely not slide. Yeah, He'll get a maximum amount of time playing in the American Hockey League. He'll get to go to the World Juniors, and then in January, he'll go back to the OHL, is what people are thinking, and get traded, like, fucking right away. <laughs> right, you think that, are they saying, like, the, the trade gets executed after he, he gets sent down, or um, in the meantime, from here until... Or perhaps, yeah, I guess it's possible, while he's at the World Juniors, if Seattle makes it clear he's going back to Kitchener after this, yeah. maybe Kitchener can make a deal right from there, and he won't even have to play for them again. Right. Exactly. Um, so, and, and sh- is, are the Kraken the geniuses at the end of all of this? <laughs> I think maybe they got lucky, honestly. Uh, and m- maybe it's not luck because, you know, you can plan these things out so you get it so that, you know, his contract slides and everything. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you scratch- You had him sitting in the press box for fucking five games. Uh, I, I More than that in total. It, right. And I wouldn't call that uh, any sort of genius prospect development. Um, I think, yeah, this, I mean, it's an, it's an okay option. Uh, to bounce him to the AHL for a handful of games, and then you know, about you send him to, it's, you're still bouncing him around a lot. There's no real time for him to get settled in the AHL. So is it really that good of uh of an option? I I wouldn't say so. Um, better than sitting in the press box. No, one hundred percent. I know, yeah. but like he scored in his first game in the AHL. Actually, yeah. he was looking pretty good there. Huh, Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think I think the bouncing around in general is, is not favorable. I think, you know, if you could send him to the OHL and have him play the rest of the season and have him know that he's playing the rest of the season in the OHL and he's going to the World Juniors and whatnot, I think that's that's better than, you know, I understand the quality of competition is better than the AHL, uh, and, but I don't think the bouncing is good. I, I think we've seen the, any sort of yo-yoing where whether it's just down, up and down the NHL lineup, but also between organizations, it's not, you don't get to build any sort of momentum uh, for that player, any sort of chemistry with the linemates that he's playing with. So, yeah, uh, genius bit of a stretch even if you know i know you're saying it half jokingly uh very jokingly but uh just just yeah i don't think it's a particularly good option and seattle is really bungling this it's just a poor poor management it's of my opinion that the seattle kraken thought way more about this than they had to because they should have just sent him to the ohl if his team sucks too bad i don't think it would impact his development that much and i think kitchener probably would have traded him anyway and I think if you asked them nicely to trade him sooner, maybe they would have. Because, you know, bad team with a good player, you know, trades him off for a bunch of 2035 draft picks. <laughs> uh, so, so I think that would have given him stability. It would have allowed him to dominate more than he did last year. Because remember, everyone last year was like, oh, he didn't score as much as we thought he was going to. So there is still clearly room for him to grow in the OHL. There's more for him to do in junior. Um, and I think that's what he's going to do for half a season. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, what's Kitchener's demand? The demand is to send him down so that they can trade him, right? They're not even against trading him as a concept. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, what, why are you playing chicken with this, like, pretty minute detail? Yeah, uh, like, with what's, the like, Kitchener Rangers. <laughs> like, what's fucking four, three, four, five games with Kitchener going to do to really affect his development? 
compared to you know whatever three four five games in the press box <laughs> exactly so i, I it's just uh mm-hmm. yeah i i don't understand um, imagining the alternate universe shane wright documentary i could have been a star but i played for the kitchen ranger with six games and it ruined me <laughs> the end of the world (laughs) yeah uh it really it doesn't make any sense i think yeah if you want to hold out because kitchener doesn't want to trade him and you really don't want him to play on the shit team fine you know even then you know you should probably send him down but like you're holding out on the smallest of details man they just want him on the team so they can trade him and like what's what's the hold up what's the hold up i don't i don't get it they're playing hardball for no reason it's exactly what you said they're thinking too hard about this just fucking send him down yeah yeah terrible 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 uh World Juniors around the corner, though. Only a month away. Yeah, that's fun. Keeping mm-hmm. up. We'll talk about that eventually. Anyway, another fun little detail from today uh, is that a game was postponed. Mm-hmm. Normally, when a game gets postponed, uh, it's either because, uh, you know, there was some kind of tragedy or there's some kind of extreme weather event that's making it impossible. But in Bridgestone Arena, a little water pipe exploded, <laughs> and now uh, everything's flooded. Water everywhere, all over the team store, all over the concourse. And that just won't do. So Avalanche Preds game is off tonight. And, you know, I just, I feel like this is worth bringing up. Because imagine you're like a little kid who's excited to go to like your first ever Nashville Predators <laughs> game. <laughs> and today of all days, of all things, the arena flooded. Sorry, you've got to wait till March. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that must be devastating. Ah, very unlucky. Very unlucky for, for those people. For that child, um, yeah, yeah, just a, just a truly absurd reason. <laughs> Fucking water main broke. Uh, and because of, the, of how run of the mill that sounds, yeah, it kind of makes a little surprised the games don't get postponed more often. Yeah, I I guess so. In a in a weird way. Yeah, but I think this is like a major major league. I don't know if you saw any clips. But, it's, but like, it's also a freak accident. Yeah. I guess it's a it's a rare occurrence, freak freak accident. Yeah, but it does sound pretty casual. They're like, oh, we had a water leak, so we're not fucking flaming game. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, Timmy ran the bathtub too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone blocked the urinal sensor. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Philip Forsberg clogged the toilet with a fat dump. <laughs> game <all> canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, just out of the blue, and it's uh. So you're right. Worth bringing up, just 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 jokes. Yeah. All um. Right. So yeah, I, let's move to the the standings segment segment, shall we? Yeah, I think Wait we should. We should do a fun little standings check. Who doesn't like these? It's all uh great to do. It'd be nice if we could do them more often than we normally do, yeah. but we forget or we run out of time. Uh, we already are over an hour, but it's okay. No rush. We can have a long episode if we want. Sure. Um. Yeah, we can. Okay, so wild card standings. Which are, of course, the most important standings. And, of course... Okay. First thing. Why does the NHL.com... It only lets you sort by points percentage if you're looking at conference or league. <laughs> if you yeah. go by division or wildcard, it doesn't let you sort by points percentage. Ugh. And I don't understand why. That's nuts. It's crazy. There's no reason for okay, this. What if I go in by division? Uh, division works. Okay. Okay, so it's easier to get a read of the wildcard standings going into the division standings. Okay. Um, in the Metro, of course... We have the 16-4 New Jersey Devils. Oof. Wrecking shop. We have the New York Islanders, 13-8-0. Being very successful in their own right, thanks to Brock Nelson. <laughs> and then in third, we still have the Hurricanes, who are, you could say 10-11, and 11, or you could say 10-6-5. and 5. 
with their massive amount of loser points, and so they do sit third in the division. Pittsburgh uh, is in uh, the second wild card spot, uh, whereas Tampa Bay is in the first. Uh, so they sit fourth in the Metro right now by points percentage, ahead of the Rangers. Hmm. Yeah, so it looks like Carolina did end up losing that game uh, to the Bruins. Oh, yeah, they blew it? Yeah. What was the final score? 3-2 in overtime. Because, actually, I don't think my, my NHL standings page is updated. So it still says 10-6-4. So I was confused that you read it. Oh. Yeah, so I guess yes. that's, I haven't refreshed. Indeed, they just lost again in overtime. <laughs> the losing streak continues for Carolina. Um, but, yeah. So let us let us let us analyze. New Jersey clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. And, uh, yeah, what's with the Islanders? What the fuck is this? I don't understand. I guess it's Sorokin. Uh Kind of carrying the squad. It's partly Sorokin, and I think this is also proving last year was the anomaly. Yeah. Because they started on a massive road trip. They were more ravaged by COVID than anyone. Uh, and they never really got their feet going off the ground after that bad start. Um, and I think we now see that that was not the Real Islanders. The Real Islanders, very strong defensive team. The great goalie who scores enough by committee to be good. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, it's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun, it. is it? <laughs> it's boring as shit. Um, yeah, so so the Rangers, did you say they're out of a playoff spot right now? Indeed. I love to see it. It's wonderful. <laughs> you do, it's don't beautiful. you? It's uh, beautiful. I hate the fucking Rangers. And uh, every time I'm right about the stake, I'm going to fucking dance on their grave. What's the reason you hate the Rangers? I just don't buy it. I don't buy it, and I don't like that everybody else buys it, and it pisses me off. It's true. It pisses me the fuck off. I don't get it. It's just Shesterkin and, like, two forwards, and there's nobody good. And Fox. Oh, yeah, well, there's Fox. You're absolutely right, but... You know, it's not enough. It's not a good team. Why is everybody on board with this fucking shit? Yeah, everyone buys the the Shusterkin, Fox, Panarin, Kreider, but like, and Zibanejad as well. Yeah. Um, but you get like, I feel like the Trocheck long contract is just bad vibes, you know. Yeah. Kako and Lafreniere, have, they're at the point now where they're bad, bad vibes. Yeah. Because they haven't lived up to the billing at all. They've been terrible at filling the roster around the edges. Sam Blay, Dryden Hunt, uh, no, Dryden Hunt's not even on the Rangers anymore. He's, uh... Oh, wait, where did he go? He was claimed on waivers by someone. Are you looking that up? Yep. Was it the Flames? It was the Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche, yeah. right. Yes, yes, yes. So Hunt's not even on the Rangers anymore. Um, But, you know, you get the idea. And uh, Shesterkin, who is not being like a 940 this year and is just being pretty good, all of a sudden, Rangers are on the bubble. <laughs> that's right you'll love to see it you'll love to see it look at them behind the fucking penguins who were off the horrid start uh yeah it's uh yeah for for an organization that has chronically been able to not not been able to develop their their forwards or any of their good draft picks why is everybody so high on them i don't fucking understand and i will i'm going to rest this i'm gonna stay here on the stake the, the fact that they make it you know i people pick them to go far in the playoffs i don't understand I, I really don't. They did this it last is, year. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, they did. But, like, this is not a well-built team, right? So, you know, it, it has the potential to be. They had the draft pedigree to do it, but they, they didn't do it right. Um, so, I don't I don't understand the love. Yeah. And then we got three teams in the Metro who are below Batman 500. <laughs> the Flyers, who after their fake good start, have fallen off hard, just as we all foresaw. Um, then the Capitals were even worse. Rocking an 8, 10, and 3. And the Blue Jackets, 7, 11, and 1. Uh, in this division, we clearly have... It's funny, because I was going to say the haves and have-nots, but that's not really the case. We have the Devils in a class by themselves. 
And then I would say Islanders, Hurricanes, Penguins, and Rangers in Tier 2. Yep. And then uh, three really straight-up bad teams. Yep, that's right. Uh, I think it's it's already kind of clearing up as to who who's going to be fighting the for The fact that Devils are, are so good is so fun. I, I'm sorry. I'm never going to stop talking about this. And it's not just the fact that I predicted it, yeah. but the fact that I've been waiting on this for years. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. 2019. They had a great offseason. They, uh, they drafted Hughes. And they uh, trade for P.K. Subban. And I'm thinking, you're, the Devils, I think I said they're going to make the playoffs. And they were ass. Uh, and then um, it wasn't that offseason. I think it was one after. They get Dougie Hamilton. I'm thinking, this is the one. Here it comes. And it wasn't the one at all. And this year, I said, it's finally happening. It's falling into place. And now it's been an extremely aggressive correction to the right <laughs> side of things. And I feel like uh, it's like uh, it's all the overdue wins from these past three years are combining forces this year. That's regression. What's, that's regression, what's going on. Regression to the mean. Uh, yeah, under Lindy Ruff, too. That's just so funny to me that this guy is hes the coach. He's probably going to win the Jack Adams, isn't he? Um, almost certainly. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. You love to see it. They're likable. They're a likable team. You know, I think you look at the best, uh, the best teams. Which yeah. We'll get to the other division, but New Jersey, Boston, Vegas, right now. Um, Lindy Ruff being front runner for the Jack Adams, but I feel like in any other year, Montgomery and Cassidy would be great options because uh, not just that. Oh, Vegas missed the playoffs last year. Now they're so good again, and Boston's like, oh, everyone thought they were like gonna fall off, and they're so good again. But also because both those coaches are new to those yeah. teams, <laughs> that's right. as that's. A million extra bonus points for the Jack Adams voters. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Um, that they, you know, even Cassidy going from Vegas, uh, Boston to Vegas like that. Uh, it's just, yeah, they've been able to to get to get it together. Um, people pointed out all New Jersey and Boston needed to become world dominators was to swap so Pavel Zaka for Eric Halla. <laughs> yeah, uh, Halla Halla goes to goes to team, uh, and they go on a great run, and then you know. He's still not even on the best team in the league yet. He just missed out. Um, all right, off to the Atlantic, shall we? Yes. Um, where, yeah, we, we have another league of, league of their own situation uh, where Boston's team is insanely good. It's crazy. They're 17-3. and three. Uh, They have yet to 18 lose. 18-3. 18 and 3 That's true. I mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely correct. 18-3-0. and 0. Are you three. kidding me? <laughs> they, they, they've won 12 games in a row at home. Uh, if you include today, they have six times as many wins as losses. <laughs> what the fuck? What is going on? It's in the water. They have a plus thirty-seven goal differential. Oh no, plus plus thirty-eight now actually. Yeah. Uh, and has there been a better twenty-one game start in the Cap era, or ever? <laughs> I don't know. Because I remember the Habs winning a whole bunch. They were like, you know, they're like a ten-game winning streak. Then they kind of fell off a cliff afterwards. So like yeah, this... they started a couple. They started like two years in back to back, like nine and one. Yeah, but that was ten games. Yeah, this is twenty one. Twenty one games. I can't think of one. They're on pace for what eleven losses, on the year. the The record is eight. Huh? The record right. is eight. Right. And Boston, the fact that they're flirting with that pace a quarter of the way into the season of like this untouchable record of the seventies Canadians, uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, what they on pace for like what a hundred and almost forty points at uh, this point? I don't know. Well, yeah, they they will slow down, of course. Oh, of course, but like just the pace that they're at right now is just mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's 
it's baffling. I guess, uh, and the fact that they got healthy so fast, their training staff mm-hmm. must be quite nuts. Uh, Charlie McAvoy's back in the fold, and it's just, uh, yeah, the team is gelling like you wouldn't believe. Are they the odds-on cup favorite? Yes, 100%. Who else would it be? I think the Devils are up there. Um, but you know they they haven't had the playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Vegas, but then again, you know eh, they've had their share of playoff failures, uh, and it just feels like Boston's more dominant than Vegas, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone that. So I think right now the favorites, I would I would confidently say is Boston. Yeah. And then uh, we have the eleven and ten, or rather eleven five and five <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs in second, and with all this talk about how badly they're doing. You wouldn't think that they are in second in the division because of all these OTLs. They are. Yeah, crazy. Uh, and they've got like a pretty healthy margin to like third place, like three points right now. Um, yeah, I I will like I think I said this a couple weeks ago after like you know they they beat some good teams, um after the little little rough patch. This this team is fine in the regular season. I think they're pretty they're 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 a safe bet to make the playoffs even when they do play bad. Uh, you know they play well enough to get some overtime points and and win some games. So. Yeah, especially you, you given the fact that none of the other teams seem to have uh, kind of picked up the slack. Um, and yeah, like I'm talking about not, not Tampa and Florida, but all the other teams in the Atlantic haven't taken a step forward. Uh, it's, you know, I don't buy Detroit, first of all. Uh, they, they are going to regress. This is, uh, I'm, I'm not on board with this. So I think, you know, Toronto has enough talent to make it by. Why do you say Detroit is going to regress and... And what do you do? You think they're gonna miss the playoffs by how much? Are they gonna hang around in the mix till like till March till April? I think, yeah, bubble team perhaps. But I think the talent isn't there uh, to to justify, you know, seeing them over Tampa, Florida. So let's see. If I take Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida right now, and then the, from the Atlantic, and then from the Metro, you take New Jersey, Carolina, take Pittsburgh. Can you say the Islanders are good? You know, yeah, the Islanders aren't missing the playoffs, right? So then, I'd, I I think this team doesn't have enough talent. Is is my take on Detroit? To, All right. Yeah, I think the well. Sounds to me like you're a Billy Huso non-believer. Yeah, I'm not a fucking Billy. Huso. I am a Billy Huso not, believer. So Are you, you kidding me? You would catch me dead. Yeah, Detroit. Uh, they have been what the uh, what the Ottawa optimists thought Ottawa was gonna be. Um, they're ten five and four in a playoff spot right now, in third at a divisional spot actually third in the division. With Tampa sitting in the top wild card spot and Florida, uh, outside the playoffs, actually tenth in the Eastern Conference, and this fills my heart and soul with tremendous warmth and joy. <laughs> I underrate my own hatred of the Florida Panthers. I really do. Yeah. In t- 2016, they won the division out of nowhere. It was like things are looking up for us. They go, gotta change everything, gotta change it all up, gotta change the logo, gotta revamp our defense, and then they don't make the playoffs for several years. Last year, they win the President's Trophy. Everything looks great. Everything looks awesome. They lose in round two in a pretty bad way. They are time to get a new coach and trade this and trade Uyghur and uh, Huberto for Kachuk and everything looks worse now. And look at it. They are worse now. And I am very glad to see that they made the same mistake again. Well, not exactly the same, but the same type of mistake that as soon as you get good, we make a bunch of changes. And once again, it is going very badly and i think you i think florida will miss the playoffs and i don't know if i want to say detroit's gonna make it um but i think florida will miss okay 
Yeah, the Paul Maurice decision, I don't like it. The, the whole hiring that guy as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobrovsky's yeah. really bad, too. And he, he, they won't stop giving him starts. They he, will he, never he, stop giving him <laughs> starts because he makes so much money. <laughs> I just traded away in fantasy, him in fantasy, and uh, yeah, I'm happy with that outcome because <laughs> I no longer feel encumbered by his presence on my roster where he gets enough starts. You, did, you did use up some of your budget to claim him, though. Yes, but I ended up getting, you know, they word off. I, I would have made that budget claim again. If uh, if I had to, because Last it got dumb. me this trade, it got me this trade. So um, it didn't um, get you the trade. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was uh, Tavares who got you the trade. No, or, he said no to the Tavares, and I was like, "How about I give you Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky? and you give Francouz?" Yeah, and he was like, "Sure, it's done." It was excellent. That's ridiculous. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, uh, anyway, that's, that's what happened. So uh, anyway. yeah, so so that you know, like the questionable coaching decision, the questionable coach in particular doesn't instill faith. But you know, I think the team is good enough to, uh, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand your your uh, your beef. Well, you just don't like that they mess with a good thing. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think they're stupid for it, and I don't know. Just the fact that they're not doing well makes me happy. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, interesting. Because uh, I feel the same way about the Rangers. Whenever I see them, you know, low down there, it fills me with a certain sense of joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same type of, type of thing going on. I feel nothing like that about the Panthers. I couldn't I couldn't care less, to be totally frank. And I just, yeah. I but, think uh, I think the fact that, because they won the President's Trophy, and the trade they made in the summer was so dumb, Um, the the black the blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. And But I was thinking a lot, like, okay, they did win the President. They're not going to fall off that hard just because of this trade. And now they are, and, it's, and I'm glad about it. Anyway, rest of the Atlantic. The Montreal... Uh, ten nine and one. Uh, they got twenty one points. They're only one point behind Florida with the same yeah. amount of games. Um, I think they won't hang around the playoff bubble for much longer. And then we got Buffalo, who has fallen off a cliff for the seventh year in a row after a good start. They're nine and eleven and zero. Oh. And then we got Ottawa. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Man, Ottawa soon to be owned by Ryan Reynolds or The Weekend or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, with two wins in their last ten. Uh, with Josh Norris out, uh, with Nikita Zaitsev DMing people mean things, uh, I should have, you know, in my heart, I felt Ottawa was going to be a major disappointment. I should have been more bold about it in our preseason predictions. Uh, I, I felt like that defense is still trash. You know, you acquire two good scoring wingers. It doesn't change the world. And lo and behold, they are as bad as ever. Yeah. But, you know, to be fair, they started out the season playing relatively well. Then, you know, they had some... Start out, you mean their first four games were good? No, but just like in general, you know, like they 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 underperformed compared to like the results weren't there for the level of performance. They were they're fine, but now it seems like they've completely fallen off a cliff as this team is broken mentally, uh, and it sounds like DJ Smith's on his way out. You you get you got to count him at one point, right? You're running at like a what's the points percentage? Fucking three forty two. Yeah. God damn. People are talking about you know Ottawa, like oh, they want it to be trending upward. Yeah. They're probably not going to tank. They're going to try and get Chikrin soon. Is Pierre Dorian? Uh, people are saying like, you know, if Ottawa, if they like finish last or something, or remain this bad, Pierre Dorian's not sticking around anymore. And I'm thinking like, you really think a new owner would fire the GM right away? Yes. Because I don't. I think a new owner, uh, in most situations, uh, would step in, and be like, all right, I'll give you another year. See how you do for me, with what I talk to you about a little bit and then from that point onward you know maybe but i think um 
I think that uh, Pierre Dorian, his job security, and I think the, the, the temperature of his seat is being slightly overstated. Yeah, I agree on that point, but for a different reason. I think if a new owner came in, I think it's, I think it's very personality dependent on the group of owners. Uh, I think there are owners who want a clean slate, especially if the team you know underperformed the year before and will like not hesitate to, to toss the general manager and just clean house. Um, and other people, I think, you know, are, are not as inclined to do that. But I think he just had such a like, you know, it was the summer of Pierre. Exactly. And yeah. And that's we were just talking about like like a month ago, we're, or like a month and a half ago, we were just talking about how he had the best off season. Now, granted, he didn't fix the defense, and everybody knew that he didn't fix the defense, but he did improve the forward core in a major way by acquiring those pieces in reasonable trades, and he made a solid signing in Drew. So I think that is what gives him, because we just celebrated him for doing so much, and what has he done in the last month and a half? His team has underperformed, but what has he done to kind of really merit that? So I guess what the argument would be is, I guess his summer wasn't so good after all. Yeah. But I think everybody else thought it was good, so what the fuck was he supposed to do? You know what I mean? And like, Be smarter than everyone. He's a GM. Yeah, he runs yeah. the team. That's fair, but I think they were objectively fine moves. I think you know his one his yeah. one gaping hole was not mixing, was not fixing that defense, and he absolutely that's on him. Um, yeah. But I think he's done a good enough job, and I think in the eyes of ownership, maybe he's done a good enough job where he gets the benefit of that for one more year. And I maybe agree with Connor Bedard. I think it's time to tank. I think it's time to tank. There's there's no you're not making the fucking playoffs with this fucking team. You got to. Uh, what do you mean you got you you got to tank? You right? got to tank. Yeah, you got to yeah. tank. Absolutely. Well, this draft class, do it. You're you're in perfect position, intentionally or not. And you might even do it accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> so, which kind of what you're doing now? That's right. Uh, Central Division, Dallas. My God. Who was the Dallas believer among us? What the was fuck? Was it you? Nay, uh, it was, that me. was not me. Jason Robertson. I was telling you before we were recording. I think he is the best winger in the National Hockey League. He was so dominant last year. He's taking it to a new level this year. He's scoring every game. He's going to be a Hart Trophy finalist if he keeps this up. Uh, Rupe Hintz rocks. Miro Haskinen's having the best year ever. Jake Ottinger might win the Vesna. Um, the best players, and, and not even Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan have kind of bounced back a little bit. <laughs> Everything's going well for the Stars, and they're atop the division, 12 5 and 3. What's not to like? Yeah, the vibes are good. Everybody, everybody good is clicking. You know? Pete DeBoer rules. <laughs> Jack, new Jack Adams finalist. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I totally buy them. The whole like one line bit, you know, like I get okay, you got Sagan and fucking Ben having a bit of resurgence. How's Wyatt but... Johnston doing? Let me check. Okay. Yeah, maybe the depth has come together. Wow, this is this is mighty impressive. Um, Oop, new contract signed. Nope. Uh, Columbus signed someone to an ELC. Cool. Someone who we witnessed get drafted. Huh? Uh, this year, someone who we actually saw in person, and said, "Wow, he sure is short." And he looks 12 years old. Do you remember who this is? Who was it? Do you remember seeing this? Do you remember having this conversation, though? Yeah, I do. Jordan Dumay. Oh, yeah. Guy scored a lot of goals in okay. uh, in the queue. <laughs> anyway, Wyatt Johnson this year has six points. Yeah, That's not great. Yeah. Maybe they could have sent him back to junior. But he did have, like, almost two points a game in junior last year. So. Well, I sure would be nice if you could send him down to the AHL. <laughs> Uh, this is the gripe of the week, isn't it? Uh, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so following Dallas, uh, we have Colorado standing in second. And we have the fucking Jets. Connor Halibut have an incredible season. Uh, and uh, that's that seems to be the, the, the current tier, I would say, in the Central right now. Those top three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then following that, there's, there's another tier. It's St. Louis, Minnesota, Nashville kind of fighting it out um, for the wild card spots. 
Uh, and then uh, Arizona, Chicago, back to where we kind of expected them. They had a hot, they had a bit of a hot start. Normally, Chicago's lost five in a row, so yeah, things are back to normal there. Yeah, all is right in the world. That's right. Um, St. Louis, it's we were just talking about how bad they were, and they lost eight in a row or something. Then they won like six or seven in a yeah. row. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden they're in the playoff spot again. I guess. You know, they say, oh, you can lose your spot in early in the year if you're bad. But if you, bless you. If Thank you, you. If you counteract your long losing streak with a long winning streak, then things kind of balance out in the end, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, it just makes you a bubble team. Puts yeah. you right at 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. I don't know what it is. Uh, little Blues, I guess they really kind of pulled it together and Benetton stopped being like a fucking 800 I think that's goalie. mostly it. Yeah. 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 I think there's enough talent on this roster to make the playoffs. Uh, the issue was, yeah, just Bennington was horrible to start the season and uh, not very good in general. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting group. I think the the middle three, you have Winnipeg getting dragged by, by a handful of players uh, up to where they are, especially Hellebuck. Uh, and, and the Wild, who have been, you know, underperforming, lack energy, allegedly, to the point yeah. where you need Ryan Reeves, where I think, you know, I think they're underachieving, but, like, standings-wise, they're fine. You know, like, obviously, you don't want to well, be in a bubble, but, like... They're not in a playoff spot. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a slow start. It's a slow start. It happens. I think it's not... Yeah, I'm still a Minnesota believer. Panic. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think it's time to panic. Um, I don't think it's time to acquire Ryan yeah. Reeves either, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Pacific, you know, Vegas running shop. Yep. 16-4-1. and It's a 7.86 points percentage. Followed by... The Seattle Kraken at 11-5-3. What is this? Second in the Pacific Division, plus 12 goal differential, and Calgary in the third slot. Uh, And in a somewhat distant third, they are four points back of the Kraken with the same amount of games played. The Kraken look to be pretty comfortably in a playoff position as it stands. What what is this? What is going on? Is it is it is it the Grubauer effect? He's fucking injured, so now they brought in Martin Jones, who's playing like at a not even that great. He's like nine oh six. That's how bad Grubauer was, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it, eh? So, and I was right that they have great balanced scoring now. Yeah. Unlike last year, mm. you bring in Burakovsky, right. Bjorkstrand, uh, Beniers, and all of a sudden, I mean Beniers is okay. He's been okay. I'm mean, Beniers has been. He's been okay. The best rookie in the NHL. Yeah. I was I was telling you, like, the, yeah. this is kind of a sidetrack, but the rookie class this year is very bad. It is. I think is. Logan Thompson at this point is the front runner for the Calder, honestly. Yeah. Or would do Beniers or even then, Cole Perfetti are like the the other names. Yeah. It's it's nothing. It's, it's weird. It's, I I feel like there was a stretch from like twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen where every year it was like, This rookie class is amazing and it's like maybe just every year there are lots of good rookies, but yeah. like that hasn't been the case. No, it really hasn't. Eh? Uh and uh yeah, even like Beneers has been fine, right? He's been a points producer on the Kraken, but like he hasn't been you know, Yeah, but he's been he, an important piece like the other ones I named. Yeah, well exactly. He hasn't been the important piece though. Yeah. Like Logan Thompson has. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Don't understand. Yeah. Um yeah, sure, let's I want to dwell on like, what the hell is going on here. Like, is Vegas? I guess Vegas is that good. I guess Cassidy's got to short up the the defensive structure. Um, yeah. Bruce, because, and Bruce Cassidy's always ruled as a coach. Yeah, and I think that's really kind of fixed it because it's it really shelters Logan Thompson where he doesn't have to have to be a star. And I think, I guess that's what Vegas was missing under DeBoer. Uh, yeah, it's it's and look at him go. Look at him go. 
Um, yeah, Calgary, they're they are uh, underwhelming. Eh, it's Markstrom hasn't figured it out, and I think we talked about it. Uh, was it a couple weeks ago? Where, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they kind of slowed down. They started off hot, yeah, and then they had a bad stretch. Now they're kind of slowly starting to pick it up again, uh, as evidenced by the fact that at least they're back into a playoff spot now. Um, I think by the end of the year they'll probably pass the Kraken, but I mean, the the Kraken are like, but for based on this point of the year, have distanced themselves quite a bit from the yeah. rest of the Pacific Pack somehow. <laughs> uh, moving on in the Pacific, the Kings are in the top wild card spot, and the Oilers are not in a playoff spot. Yeah, at all. How does that make you feel? See Jack Campbell shit in the bed on a constant basis. <laughs> wow, uh, that's is their defense, eh? I think it's it's part of it. They they can't they can't help the guy out. Now, granted, yeah, Jack Campbell has been good, um, but you know that the right famous, side of like Barry C.C. Bouchard. Yeah, the famous Oilers fucking defense scorer. Who who could have seen this coming? Um, yeah, I think that's the issue, really. Uh, yep. you know, I think Jack Campbell. Part of it is I think he's being overworked, and he's you're asking too much of Jack Campbell. Um, with that contract and in the role that he's in, uh, given who's playing in front of him. I don't know how well your theory stands up when found that Stuart Skinner's been good. Oh, really? I think so. I Well, we checked not long ago. He had a very high save percentage, at least. Yeah, he sits on a 921 in 10 games. Huh. So Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell have pretty much been a tandem splitting time. Yeah. And Skinner's been the far better one. Wow. Which is concerning for the fact that Jack Campbell signed a $25 million contract <laughs> over the summer. <laughs> wow. All right, so there you go. There's your answer, and I think uh, you got to give more. You guys got to give Skinner more more, more playing time and uh, play the hot hand, not do the Florida thing, where you're yeah. playing the the ten million dollar guy too much. Um, but yeah, I interesting, interesting that they're underwhelming this much, and McDavid's been doing this well. This goes to show this team is. It's not, not a new well story built. though. No, it's not. But it's still, I think maybe people thought it was. You know, last year you finished second in the Pacific. You know. You have a nice little bit going, but uh, you got a goalie now. It's kind of, it's kind of falling apart, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah. Um. And last year, we the Oilers looked like this last year. Made a coaching change halfway through the year. Brought in Woodcroft, and all of a sudden it was great. Yeah. And it was rolling, and and they made the conference finals. And now they look like they did at the start of last season, right? With Woodcroft again. Yeah. So, is it just a halfway through the season we might find a new gear, or is it a coaching change woke us up and now we're sick of it? Yeah. Well, they better hope it's the former. <laughs> yeah. Well, they gotta change their coach every single December. Exactly. That's that's certainly the move. Um, and then you have your 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 basement teams. You have Vancouver, who I picked to go to the playoffs. Ah, you, <laughs> and, you idiot. Uh, Stupid. Oh man, it was not a good year for predictions. And we for have a uh, set for good, me. really good for me. Really good for you for for me. Yeah, I was talking a lot about myself. Woo. That's right. Uh, we have San Jose, and we have the one regulation win, Anaheim Ducks. Oh, they got one, did they? Yeah, they did get one. Uh, good um, so, yeah, that's the bottom. Vancouver, interesting that we haven't seen Boudreaux fired yet, because uh, uh, that seems like it's a time ticking time clock, yeah, given it's that gonna relationship. Happen. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. So, if the playoffs starts today, here's what our matchups would be. We've got uh, Bruins-Penguins. We've got Leafs-Red Wings. We've got Devils Lightning, that would be fun, <laughs> and Hurricanes Islanders, and in the West we would have uh, Vegas St. Louis, Seattle Calgary, Dallas LA, and Colorado Winnipeg. The West sucks shit, doesn't it? The West sucks. I was the just about to say like, oh, those are all boring stinks. mashups. <laughs> 
Especially compared to the East. My God, that is horrendous. Yeah. If they're like Boston, Pittsburgh, that's fun. New Jersey, Tampa. Oh, this is great. Toronto, Detroit. That'd be insane. Imagine the least lose to the Red Wings in the first round. <laughs> oh, oh my I God. want that so bad. Oh, that'd oh, be man. great. Yeah, they're just a dearth of good teams right now. Like to the point where like teams that are well built but like underperforming make the playoffs almost by default. Yeah. Right? And like you have a, a mildly improved team like fucking Winnipeg or Seattle and all of a sudden you're in like a division spot. It's insane. It is crazy. And yeah. I does I do think, you know, there's a window for that reason for Minnesota or Edmonton to climb in. Yeah. And they wouldn't have to go on such a hot streak to do it either. Right. Um Competition isn't fierce. Yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a long one. We're already past an hour and a half. We haven't even started to go through. <laughs> That's okay. It's good to have a long one every now and then. Hell yeah. All right. Um, so we're doing Guess Who today. Uh, and this is a very special one because we are starting round two. <laughs> <laughs> round two. <laughs> no, well, two and a half years. That's one way to put it. Yeah. It took two and a half years for us doing the Guess Who. For a while, it was uh, once every... Four weeks, then it came once every three weeks. Uh, you know, obviously there wasn't a hard and fast rule because sometimes there were busier times of year. But that was the idea. And we got through every team, and Ty say ended up winning more than I did. And now we're starting from the top again, but not going in the same order, of course. Mm. We figured it was only the natural choice to begin this round with the New Jersey Devils, who have been the hottest topic in the NHL through the season so far. Are they our favorite team this year so far? Yes. Yeah. Uh, particularly uh, for you because 100%. you nailed the pick. But uh, I find them particularly likable too. Yeah, because I would think that for me to have made a great prediction about how good the Devils would be and for you to say, no, I don't think so, yeah. I would have thought this would frustrate you more. No, you would think so. Perhaps, you know. I think I've stood that ground on the Rangers. I think you've, you've certainly been more optimistic on the Rangers than I have. Um, well, hard not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But, uh, yeah. I I fuck with this team because I buy it. I looked at it and I said I was so incredibly wrong that there is no I'm not gonna dig into this take when you know, I might yeah. as well just embrace it. And it's that's, like that's good to realize you know your wrong takes you admit yeah. and your that makes when you're right and you believe it it makes it mean more. Exactly. Yeah. I will I will happily eat shit. All right. Uh, so yeah. uh, the 25 players are Vitek Vanacek, Mackenzie Blackwood, Akira Schmid. Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, Jonas Siegenthaler, Damon Severson, Ryan Graves, Brennan Smith, Tyler Witherspoon, who's on the roster for some reason these days, Kevin Ball, who played a few games early this year, Jack Hughes, Jesper Brat, Nico Hischer, Thomas Tatar, Andre Palat, Dawson Mercer, Yigo Sharon Govich, Eric Halla, Fabian Zetterland, Miles Wood, Michael McLeod, Jesper Boquist, Nathan Bastian, and Alexander Holtz. All right. I also realized last time we did Guess Who... This is the third time we're doing it in person. Last time we forgot to put in the names and, and editing after. So I'm going to make a big note of that right now in my notes. Uh, in all caps, say names and put. Yeah, we said the names. I think we, did we say them and just forgot to put them in? Or we nope, forgot to we say just them? straight yeah. up didn't say put names and them. put them in. Yeah, please forgive me. It's not something I'm used to doing. Um, but this time I won't forget. So I got my player. And I'm going to put that player's name right here in three, two, one. Igor Sharangovich. And Ty says, do you have your player yet? Yep. All right. Your player will go in three, two, one. Eric Howla. I was half expecting you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's time right. to start. So since you were the big fat overall winner. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're going to give yourself home advantage. I'm giving myself home guess advantage. I think it's only fair. Okay. 
Sure. Yeah, first time in a while we're playing with stakes. It's uh. Yeah, you've been in the great lead for over a year. So, and that's no longer the case. We're zero zero. Feels good. Feels good to have a clean slate. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. You should be. I don't fucking. I don't have too much faith in myself. If I'm being honest, I'm. Uh, all right. Let's see. I'll start. Um. Hmm. Should we start with the numbers? Why not? Is your player's number thirty-four or less? Uh. Yes, my player's number is thirty-four or less. Off to a horrible start. Just, just rough. Rough. Okay. All right. Let me count something up real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Is your player North American? Uh, let me go back to my reference page. Uh, my player is not North American. Yes! Got 12 players left. Ah, come on. Woo! Get out of here. Hello to all the Europeans. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Oh, boy. It's not a very... It's not a very split-friendly team. You know? I don't... Guess you just gotta live with it. Yeah. Figure it out. I'm eating shit. Um, let me sort by last name. I feel like that's that's reasonable. Uh does your player's last name begin with a letter H or earlier in the alphabet? No. This is a bit of a travesty. Bit of a travesty. I'm kinda boned. Go ahead. Does your, player's, does your player's first name? Is your player's first name yeah. uh Jesper or earlier in the alphabet? Yep. Alright, down to six. Okay. All right. Was your player drafted in the first two rounds of the NHL draft? No. Okay. My player was not drafted in the first two rounds. Interesting. Okay, I'm down to three. Okay. I will keep up by also getting down to three by asking... Is your player Is your player 23 or younger? Let's see. My player is not 23 years younger. All right. Why are you so why are you so upset about that? Cuz I wish your player was. But I'm okay. still down to 3 anyway. All right. Uh who are your final 3? I have uh Igor Sharangovich, John Marino and Andre Palat. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Isn't interesting. It? Uh I'm getting strong correct vibes from Igor Sharangovich. Is your player Igor Sharangovich? Yeah. That's a good fucking start. That's a good fucking start. All right. All right. I've got Eric Halla, Jesper Bratt, and Jesper Boquist. We've got a couple of Jespers here, including a star of the team. Uh and we got one who sticks out by not being a Jesper. So that's all I guess. Is your player Eric Halla? Yep. Yes! What a great go at it for <sighs> us, wasn't it? Oh my god. Two strongly performed ties. Or, or I guess a single strongly performed tie. Yep. Um, so, time for round two. Oh, let me copy my whole sheet again. And do you have your player? Okay, uh, me neither. So I will get mine. All right, me too. I will put my player's name here in three, two, one. Tyler Witherspoon. And now you'll do yours. Igor Sharangovich. All right. I am going to guess something. Uh, Let's sort by draft spots. Always fun to do one of these. 
Uh, was your player drafted in the top 55? My player was not drafted in the top 55. No. Oh, well. Oh. You're right, I noticed. What? There are no undrafted players on this list. Yeah, I know. Un- very unusual. Nuts. Just, uh... No wonder they're so good. Other players are good enough to have been drafted. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right. Is your does your player's first name start with a letter J or earlier? No. No. Uh, later than J. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me sort by position. Is your player a forward? My player is a forward. Darn. That's okay. That's fine. I've got seven. Okay. All right. Let's roll. Uh, hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go first name again because uh, it's it's got a nice split. Is your player's uh, first name N or earlier in the alphabet start with? Uh, I have just forgotten who my player is. One second. No. No. Okay. Unfortunate, is it? Yeah, not for me. Is your player's number uh, below fifty? Uh, I'm changing my. Can I change it? Yeah, changing my question. Yeah, is your player's number below forty-five? Yes. Next, down to three. Okay. Um. Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, this will this will be a first name round. I think I'm okay with that. Boo. Or you know what? Fine. I'll, does your player's last name start with B? No, my player's last name does <laughs> not start with B. Okay. Uh, I got three players left. All right. Uh, Igor Sharangovich, who I just had last round. Uh, Andre Palat, and Miles Wood. Is your player Miles Wood? Uh, I've got Nico Heischer, Michael McLeod, and Miles Wood. Interesting. Is your player Michael McLeod? No. Wow. It's fascinating. Is your player Andre Palat? No. It's not Andre Palat. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um. So I have Nico Heischer and Miles Wood. <laughs> what is this? What is going on here? I can win it right here, right? The, the, this round. Is your player Nico Heischer? No. Huh. Is your player Igor Sharangovich? It is Igor Sharangovich. Is your player Miles Wood? No. Bizarre. <laughs> Which is why I have such a That's confusing as hell. And we must figure out if I accidentally Let's answered a question wrong. Diagnose. Um, Because if I did, by law, you win that round. Yeah. But if I didn't... Okay. So, so I'll tell you who my player was. Yeah. It was Tyler Witherspoon. Okay. Do you remember all the questions you asked when you got rid of Tyler Witherspoon? Witherspoon. Get rid of Tyler Witherspoon. When I asked, what was it like, N or earlier in the alphabet? Yeah. First name. And did you say no? And yeah, I said okay. no. I might have tripped out. Right? I did say no. It's possible. It's very possible. I just. Completely I think we should stop recording and I'll listen so okay. that we can be sure about this. All right. All right. We'll be back. Check in a the moment. tape. Check the yeah. tape. All right. We've checked the tape. And to my great gladness and Tysay's annoyance, uh, I did answer the question correctly. I was asked uh, if my player's first name starts with N or earlier. I said no, clearly. And Tysay 
I guess thought that meant yes. And got rid of Tyler Witherspoon. And um, therefore, I am indeed the rightful winner, for I did not tell a lie. And Tyler was saying, in particular, it hurts because he had Diego Sharangovich, which was very difficult for me to guess. Um, but I win anyway. Yep. So, good for me. Choke job. Final round. Let's go. Yep. I am uh, getting my player. Got it. All right. Uh, I, you have yours? Yep. I'll put my player here in three, two, one. Tyler Witherspoon. <laughs> and Tyseo put his player here in three, two, one. Jesper Brat. And now, guess away. Try to win so that you can draw the tie <sighs> for this Devils uh, Guess Who 2.1 uh, series. Such a fat L. Unbelievable. Um, hmm. Okay. Let's see. All right. Was your player born, or is your player's nationality uh, Canadian or Swiss? Yes, my player's nationality is Canadian or Swiss. Okay. Hmm. Let's sort by draft team. I always like this one. A lot of these players were drafted by the Devils. Let me see if it's around half. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, was your player here's one was your player drafted by the New Jersey Devils uh, but not first overall <laughs> was your player drafted by the Devils between the second and last overall pick uh, let me see um Back my reference sheet. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes, your player was drafted by the Devils, but not first overall. Got mm-hmm. it. That means not to twelve. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Feels good. Um. Okay. Was your player drafted by the New Jersey Devils? Period. No. Okay. Oh, that's good for you, isn't it? It is good for me. Yeah. Down to six. Boo. Down to six. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what was your first question? The Canadian or right? Swiss? Okay, I was gonna, I like thought that was your first question for a second. Okay, got all mixed up for a moment. Yeah. Let's sort by last name. It's gonna be good. I'm I'm gonna get down to six as well. Uh, is your player's uh, is your player's last name McLeod or earlier? Yes. Cool. Down to six. Yeah. This is a disaster because I have seven. No, six defensemen. I have six defensemen. How crazy is that? What's wrong with that? I don't know. I just don't like it. Okay. Not, not the right I've vibe. I've got no defenseman. Uh. Um, was your player drafted in the second round? Um, let me check and make sure. I don't like having to do that because then you know that it's something I'm uncertain about. Unless I'm just trying to galaxy brain and it actually is something I know and I'm checking to make you think I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, so you shouldn't read too much into this. I really shouldn't. But yes, my player was drafted in the second round. Uh, honestly, it doesn't help me because... All three of my players are fucking meaningless anyways. I wouldn't be surprised if you <laughs> had a remembered for any of these players. Go okay. ahead. Uh, oh, this is funny. I have three Canadian players and three Swiss players. I mean, oh. I mean three Swedish, Swedish players. Um, so I'll do that. Is your player Canadian? No. All right. But we got a Swede here then. All right. I have Kevin Ball, Tyler Wotherspoon, and Jonas Siegenthaler. Hmm. Interesting. Was your player Kevin Ball? 
I thought it was not Kevin Ball. Ah, uh, that's balls. <laughs> it's for me. All right, I've once again got the two Yespers, <laughs> and I've also got Alexander Holtz. Um, you know, going with the non-Yesper work last time, so I'll do it again. Is your player Alexander Holtz? Nope. Shit. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do You just had Tyler Witherspoon, didn't you? That was a whole bit. Right? Yeah. So, was your player Jonas Siegenthaler? I thought it was not Jonas Siegenthaler. Ah, you can go, 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 leave. Get out of here. That's terrible. Okay. No. If I get this. Fuck off. Then I win. I already lost. I already lost. You did already lose, didn't you? I already lost. Yeah. You can guess whatever the fuck you want. Guess whatever <laughs> Jesper you want. It's not going to make a difference. Jesper Boquist. No, it's not fucking uh, Jesper no, Boquist. Is your player Bo- Tyler Wotherspoon? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> man. Is your player Jesper Brad? It is Jesper Brad. Woo. Fuck. Okay, well, that's... Well, round two and round three. I had three players left and didn't guess to the last one. And I still won. Feels great to have a lead after all Master this time. Master of choke. Master of choke. That was terrible. You really blew that second round. Whew. By just listening to the answer wrong. Yeah. Just blanking out. I, was, I almost didn't believe it when I got Witherspoon again. <laughs> like I got this already, already running laps around the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing a celebration. All right. Okay. Well. We should pick a team. We should pick a team. And I have one in mind. Okay. I really want to watch the Dallas Stars. Okay. Because how good they are and how yeah. Jason Robertson's there. Let's do it. Let's just make sure they play enough. Um, do you, are you able to pull up this? I could pull up their schedule fast on stars.nhl.com. Okay. They're playing the avalanche. Uh, let's see. They're playing. Do we want to like watch the game tonight? Uh, it's the jets again. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's fine with so, me. Oh, it's going to be a four game week. Is that okay with you? Yeah, it's good with me. It's just the uh, jets, avalanche, blues, and ducks. All right. That's a pretty good yeah. slate. I think. More Jason Robertson, the better. So. <laughs> yeah, three decent teams uh, to watch. And the Ducks. And the Ducks. Thanks, right. for, thanks for listening to the Fusion <laughs> Hockey Podcast. Next week, we'll talk about Dallas. Um, and, yeah, follow us in various places and so on and so on. The end.